Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Welcome to episode 442 of This Week in League. I'm Nate. And I'm Jay. And I'm Glenn. Tonight we have a special episode. It's the second time that we've had our Ask the Agent Spectacular. And uh, joining us, as always, for these episodes is our longtime listener and uh, young lad with his own stories in the Tool Nation lore that <laughs> will not come up, <laughs> Michael. From Strive. I'd go so far as to say protege. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I do feel in tremendous sense of pride seeing how far he's come since the 2016 Grand Final. Uh, I couldn't go much lower, um, so that's good. G'day, guys. Yeah. <laughs> hey, buddy, how you doing? Yeah, not bad. I've still got my possessions on like in 2016, so doing well. Fantastic. Excellent. Now, uh, we put out to, to our listeners, uh, if they had any questions that they wanted to have a, a real agent answer and they've given us a ton of questions but is there anything you want to open up with i mean i think the first thing you should do is i guess give us a little bit of a recap of your first full year since we last spoke to you as as a as a, an accredited agent well i was gonna say can we, i think we should start off for all the new listeners and with the, explaining what strive is who you yeah. are and uh and what you do and then once you've done that i think you should then go into the piece of um big news in terms of your recent Signing. Yeah, of course. So I guess for those who don't know me, my name is Michael Redpath. Um, I've been around tool scene since about 2016, as we mentioned before. Um, I'm an accredited player agent and I run my own agency called Strive Player Agency. Um, I'm Canberra-based, but I do look after players all around Australia and overseas. Um, last time I spoke on the show was about a year ago and I had uh, only a couple of people signed to my name. Um, since then, I've got around 50 people that I manage. Um and yeah, from all levels, from um, your junior apps um, all the way through to, uh, you know, Queensland Cup, New South Wales Cup, things like that. And it was only recently, actually, that I uh, signed my first regular NRL player, um, which was super exciting. Um, I got told when I first started that it could take anywhere between two and five years, depending on how hard I worked. But um, yeah, I managed to get it done just about the 12-month mark. So um, yeah, super, super stoked to have uh, skin in the game, so to speak. Um, you know, I think I've got a number of players that I managed that would make the NRL and you will see them there, but to have one already in there is just been phenomenal. So we're playing with the big boys. How fucking good. That is like, mate, that is an astronomical first year to, and it's not even like, um, yeah. And you, you're obviously fucking the, the Robbie Farrer of tooting your own horn. And by that, I mean you shit out. <laughs> I'm a humble guy, mate. I'm like Lenny. Just to, to give... Hey! <laughs> <laughs> Did I get a drive-by? I'm sitting here, here to post, just mate. fucking um, listening to... <laughs> but 
to to give everybody out there some some background, it's not like Michael was working, you know, for another agency or working in or around the game, and so was was able to foster these relationships or or even understand the landscape that he's fucking meant to operate in. He was working in a completely different industry, uh, you know, corporate suit and tie, and has followed a passion and has started the agency from nothing. It's not Yeah, from literally standing zero start. Like, not even with the phone numbers of people to call in his phone, you know? And... And starting starting something on your own, like you know, Nate, you to test this. Starting something on your own is hard enough when you have maybe one or two contacts or clients to kickstart you with. Yeah. You know? But but the the fact that you've done that from a cold start is absolutely phenomenal. Uh, and you know, I'm sure I'm sure your family and those close to you have given you all the praise in the world. But the the three of us speak about it often. Are just how extraordinary. That achievement is also never well done. Burn it once, never mentioned. First time the name's ever come up. I bet, mate. Um, yeah, so I guess um, to go further into the background, I am a practicing lawyer, so I thought uh, I'd have the transferable skills of things like negotiating, um, contracts, and things like that. But as Jay said, I did come with a completely um, blank slate. So yeah, I had to get all the contacts all myself. Um, had to kind of learn the art of approaching people, not in a creepy way. Um, didn't learn that from Glennie, obviously. Um, <laughs> but I feel like this. I feel like yeah, this so I you know, I was, got it started. I reached out to some of the bigger agents because they're the ones that run the player agent board. Um, I asked for a bit of tentative advice um, as because they said they didn't want to weigh in too many commercial secrets, which was just fantastic. Um, so I eventually I took that and yeah. uh, kind of learned the ins and outs myself. Um, so I probably actually wasn't qualified to discuss any of it 12 months ago when we talked, but um, I feel like I have a better understanding of it all now. How, how good's that? A, a board for a fucking industry made up entirely of those people to stop anybody else getting in and diluting their share of the industry. How mm. fucking fantastic. It sounds exactly like my perception of player agents. <laughs> well, Other you. than yourself, Michael, thank of course. <laughs> Well, this first year as well. I mean, it's been it's been fairly smooth going. I haven't seen your name in the in the in the in the newsprint, particularly like around player player not necessarily player misbehavior, but like you know players being belligerent around contracts and mm. or trying to break contracts and uh, you know manager or agent uh, you know agitated yeah, it's been moves good to and all that sort of thing. Any bad press, but I suppose I'm not that a big enough uh, fish at this stage to really target. But um, yeah. Hopefully, I can continue to fly under the radar of any bad press. Fuck that. Any attention's good attention, brah. Hook in. Yeah, I mean, you know, you are aware of the recent cases of you know, people like Isaac Moses and that. I would, I would probably disagree. Um, do you fellas have any questions that you want to ask up top, or should we just get into the ones that uh, the listeners have put down for us? I'm, I'm interested as to how you, and, and you know, it's, probably speaks to you to your skill set as a lawyer but when you were just kicking off say that first three to six months and you're getting no real help or assistance or guidance from from your peers in that industry that you're so new to 
hit, did you just follow your gut or did you just fucking guess and fudge your way and fake it till you make it sort of thing as far as who to talk to, what skills you worked out quickly on the run you needed to have? Um, you know, how did you how did you navigate your way through that first six months? For three months, really, but six months. Yeah, the first three months was the most difficult time. Um, but I say I survived a lot on instincts. Yeah. Um, you know, there was a lot of times where, you know, my first few clients where I had to pitch to them to trust that I would figure it out and I would do a great job for them. Um, so I'm very appreciative of um, my first few clients. I'll always have a special place in my heart. Mm. But, um, yeah, essentially it was, yeah, it was all about, you know, trying to get people to sign up when I didn't have any experience. I didn't know what I was doing um, and learning as I went every day. So, yeah, uh, I didn't exactly fake it. I wouldn't say I was faking so I'm making it. I wasn't promising them the world. I no, I didn't mean that in a derogatory term. It's like fucking, it's completely <laughs> no, no, new I, to I you know, and you've got to figure it out. That's right. I basically said, um, come on the journey with me and we'll, we'll learn yeah, it together. Because okay. um, so. you're dealing, you know, dealing with professional athletes or, or, or at future professional athletes, there's an element of ego there. You know, like they'll smell weakness if, if you give the impression that you were that new to the game, if you know what I mean. Like you had to you had to put forth a perception that shit was going to work out and you had the confidence in yourself to, to make it work, you know. Well, well, the first promise I gave to any of them, because the first couple of clients I signed, they'd had a manager before, had a terrible experience, um, so I asked them what went wrong, and it was the fact that their manager never spoke to them. Mm. Um, they were promised that the manager would speak to them once every six months, which is crazy to think about, but they wouldn't hear from them in a whole year. So I said, "Look, I'll sell you. I'll stay in constant communication with you. I'll give you regular updates. I'll find out what's going on." And that seemed to sway a few people to begin with. And what and does I that look like? Would... Like, a, a, is that a weekly thing or a monthly? Well, or it varies. I'd say every two or three weeks. Um, being a younger age and things like that, I can just hit, hit them up with a quick message on any form of social media, be it Instagram or Messenger, um, things like that. Whereas, I guess if you had one of the one of the older lads, you're not going to. Not going to be DMing each other at 10 p.m. No, um, for instance. So, yeah, um, I guess that was my initial promise that, uh, regardless of how much I knew about the industry, that I'd keep you uh, updated with how we were going. Um, have you seen the TV show where The Rock plays a player agent? I actually watched that very recently, and uh, I wish it was like that. Um, so, well, I, I was. I was going to say, if you if you need a dorky bald white offshoot, would you consider Glenn <laughs> to come and work with you? Well, I think I'd need to be uh, bald and jacked in that, uh, in that <laughs> scenario, but sure. <laughs> <laughs> nice. We... Before we get into the into the questions from the listeners, uh, I just want to ask: uh, on your books uh, as it stands at the moment, do you have any potential halves? for the Broncos coming through? I have a very promising uh, halfback from Toowoomba. He's uh, 18 years old. His name's Matty. Um, I've already warned him about Glenn. I've given him a few photos, <laughs> mugshots. Uh, Motherfucker! <laughs> this man might induce you to enter into any number of agreements, so uh, beware of him. <laughs> but uh, um, yeah, but my, my fellow from Toowoomba is you know, 18 and dominating in an under-21s Queensland reps comp, so... You know, it could be him. Yeah, wow. Do you know? Do you know one what? that got the one that got away from Glennie? 
<laughs> I tell you what, it'll it'll be that time that seems the most legit that you can't be there to protect him. You know, it'll be right before he goes on the game, someone will come out and need to give him a COVID mouth swab. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are making this really creepy. Just yeah, uh, just so you know, uh, revelation. Yeah, I watched a documentary about some guy that escaped from uh, North Korea from a prison camp. So I imagine that's what it's like in Glen's shed as the kids try to <laughs> make their way out. They don't know anything about the outside world other than... Uh, Playing footy and returning to the shed. This, this episode's called Ask the Agent, Not Glenn Fends Off Another Cunt. <laughs> okay, so. All right, without further ado, let's hit the questions. First one uh, from Aaron. He asks, we hear so much about players being on minimum wage. Besides the train and trial type arrangements, what is the actual NRL minimum wage? So it used to be 110000 for a top 30 roster bloke. Um, they had to make some cutbacks. Um, to the, all of the, the bargaining agreement um, and the salary cap. So now it is um, about $90,000. Um, there's also six players or up to six players in a squad that can get a development contract, which is worth $60,000. Um, but if you're on that development contract, then you also get $1,000 if you train twice a week like the training trial guys. Okay. Fucking hell. Six, does the receptionist spit on it? <laughs> <laughs> at that stage you'd think so i mean they, they get other other little perks um you know you can get your if you do an apprenticeship that can get paid for and you can get leave away from home allowance things like that but uh yeah that's that's why it's for development players it's for people under the age of 20 Tell me, Ed, in, in serious, all serious, that that's probably a really good segue are there any clubs that still have a focus on you know yeah sure you're a promising player of the future but we want you to have a trade or or do a university course or TAFE or, or something while you're in our development squad? Are, are there any clubs that are, or that you've seen or heard are better at that than others? Yeah, so an example, um, being from Canberra myself, the Raiders, unless you're a top 30 guy, you have to either be studying or working. Um, they won't let you play if you're not doing that. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. other clubs I know do it as yeah. well. I don't, don't know how strict they are and maybe they just encourage you and it's up to you if you want to take that up but um yeah i know you know using the raising example is they're very tough on it yeah well good okay one from mitch saying obviously i have to i have to uh, skim through some of the ones that are just trollish but mitch said uh, we hear people say it but is there a legitimate lack of talent coming through um after watching a lot of um you know your junior reps and even um some some of the country footy i'd say there's no lack of, um, of talent there's lots of talented people that just give up the game to you know go live their life and just live a long, normal life so i say lots of players are getting diverted away from it um i'd say there's been a lack of uh development that's been the issue i mean the last two years there's been half a season um, in new south wales because of covid so that might stunt the game but i think there's you know a great deal of talent there and um it's a lot of untapped as well Okay, Gary says, uh, what's the normal procedure for a 14 to 6-year-old who just gets noticed? Is it an NRL club offering a scholarship? And what does that look like? What happens if it's a scout or agent who approaches you? So... And he goes on to say, I really enjoyed the last uh, time. Um, So I guess, yeah, if you're in those kind of formative years, 14 to 16, um, if a club's really interested in you, I know the Broncos are a lot of of juniors, as do um, several other clubs, including, you know, the Titans, talking about Queensland clubs. Um, some players do get signed to those contracts from an early age and then they're just put through the feeder systems. Um, 
Whereas other talented kids will just get put through their junior rep systems and they'll say, well, yep, great. We'll see how great you are when you're, you're 18 and you're, you're looking at kind of transitioning towards the men's game. Um, if you were to be approached by um, an agent or out instead of a club, all they'd do is kind of try and get you on the pathway so that you were trying to make your way towards the NRL. Because, I mean, that's something I, I sell a lot of kids on. It's like, you know, you ha- there's certain steps you have to take in order to become an NRL player, you know, much like any profession if you want to work your way to the top. Um, and one of them is, you know, being in an established junior rep system or, um, you know, say if you, you didn't do that, kid, you know, being in a system where there are pathways to the NRL and it's not a dead end. Yep. Yep. Um, okay, Scott said, what is the most backwards thing that is placing a handbrake on player development? Uh, it could be official rules or unofficial. For instance, I always wonder whether the not enough talent argument is because there's actually not enough talent or if junior players are scared off trying to aim for the top because of how arduous and hard the path is to crack a spot. Like if we elevate the cup competitions to a college NFL-style level with proper television coverage, will more junior players stick with it? Or is it really that a lot of kids aren't signing up anymore? Oh, well, without knowing uh, the recruitment numbers and um, the junior junior football numbers, um, I'd say one of the biggest things that's stunting player developments is the current development fee um, structure. So say if you've played with a club or in a system for two years and suddenly they can whack a development fee on you if you try and leave, um, you know, so say if you, you're in one system, you go leave to the other, that club which even can whack $5,000 on you if you're moving in Australia. Now, if you're 18 years old, many clubs, yep. even the rich ones, don't want to pay five grand for someone that's 10% better than their locals because their locals come free to them. Um, another yep. thing too, lots of guys trying yeah. to come out from New Zealand, um, that's 7500 for a fee. So again, again, you know, they might have been overlooked by the Warriors mm-hmm. system, so they're not in a rep system over there and they want to come to Australia, but... Um, for whatever reason, they still have the development fee slapped on them, which can be waived and you can apply for an exemption, but a lot of the time people want to make their money. So, you know, so I think lots of people end up, you know, just spending years in a system where they've been overlooked or not serviced properly and they come to the end of their their tether there and they either quit or just keep playing second fiddle with someone else in their position. Right. Right. Okay, uh, Trent said, I've heard some recent terrible stories of kids who get an NRL contract and semi have their heads screwed on, yet the clubs have then dictated they drop education to go all eggs into NRL life. At least two clubs have done this in recent months. He doesn't name them. Uh, one, uh, a player who was about to graduate from a GPS school on a full scholarship for rugby union said the club encouraged him to quit the GPS school term four of grade 12 pre-graduation and enroll in their NRL-aligned public school of non-education in grade 11 and to repeat grade 12 in 2022 so the NRL club could keep a better eye on him. Parents apparently just wanted him to graduate and finish the year, then repeat the next year, and despite the football year being over, they were told it was changed now or no contract. We'll just go, we'll do. We'll hit that one first, and then, I'll, and then we'll hit the next one. Next, do you have any comment on that one? Um, yeah, look, that's a very specific example, I yeah. guess, of... Um someone for leaving a particular school. I mean, getting saved from rugby union is never a bad thing. So um, <laughs> I sympathise with that. Uh, I think at, at the end of the day, um, if you're going to be a footy player, well, while it's great that you have your year 12 and things like that, if you're already NRL signed, then there's kind of 
you're a prospect to play professionally one day. So I guess you would be trading off education in that sense. Um, you know, I, I'm not sure about being told to repeat school and things like that. I don't know why you'd um, be in, under any better microscope there than if you were out just working and playing for the yeah. feeder club. Um, so, yeah, that's very strange. And I guess, you know, it's a kind of public school versus private school type of conversation. It seems really strange if it's like a, if it's term four of grade twelve, when you know the the club could probably would would be able to keep them under under wraps and 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 monitor them if they were playing in their feeder system outside of schooling. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah um, multiple clubs have multiple feeder teams, so you could easily yeah. just be watched for one of those feeder teams instead of being at a school where you're told to go to science for the second second year in a row where you know the course and. Yeah, so here's the other one. It says, uh, the other one was a player enrolled in the University of Queensland had done two years of study while coming through the ranks and signed with the Sydney club who have advised him to drop uni. Family suggested he cut back to one to two subjects a semester, which could be done externally, but the club said he needed to commit full-time to the NRL or the deal was off the table. Uh, I'm interested in a manager's perspective of this without naming and shaming clubs, but happy if you want to. What is your perspective of clubs' efforts on assisting a life outside the NRL bubble? Is the historical football or nothing motto still at play? I think the agent is conflicted in such situations in that potentially all they get is reward for the actual contract, so the associated life skills from other activity can be pushed aside at the cost of the individual. The kid in such circumstances will obviously just do anything to get the gig. Obviously, the percentage of kids who actually make it is low, so I would love a manager's opinion on the level of care he sees from clubs, and if possible, an example of clubs being a above such fuckery. So I guess Canberra's oh. one that you mentioned earlier that do prioritise life outside of footy. Yeah, another one's the Eels as well. Um, I've got a guy coming over to play in their rep system and they said, oh, you know, what's he going to do? And I said, well, he's still trying to figure that out. They said, well, we're not interested in it as a player unless he has something going for him outside of the game. So yep. had to help him find something with that. Um, I mean, every club has an allowance. So hang um, on, can we, just, can we just go back? Did you straight yeah. away just say to them, can you explain to me what Clint Gutherson has going for him, even <laughs> even within the game? <laughs> That's a good point. Um, no, but every club gets money to assist, um, which players can, uh, I think, I forget the exact amount, but players can ask for several thousand dollars to go towards things like uni courses and, um, as I said, trades and fitness courses, things like that. So, yeah, again, it sounds like a very specific example. Um and at, at the end of the day, I think you, you could still do online uni on the sly, you know, if you really yeah. wanted to and you were told, I mean, yeah, you just have to do it at night, which lots of people do who are working professionals. They do their uni at night. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, at the end of the day, you can defer it for a year or two and the world's not going to end. Um, yeah. So I think it would be based on the on the person. I mean, if you're a sure thing to play in the NRL, so, you know, the, the NRL, I guess, had an academic team this year. So clearly yeah. they are pushing for players to do other things. Um, outside yeah, of football, right. so yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Josh says uh, the media makes it seem like the majority of first graders are represented by like three or four managers. Do you roughly know how many NRL player managers there are? Also, do you believe once again the talent thing comes up? Do you believe there's not enough of talent available in Australia? And would the Dolphins really change the metrics as much as people seem to be saying it does? I guess I answer the first question. There's about a hundred player agents in total. Um, some of them I don't know. Some of them, there's like some big names there. I don't know even manage anyone, but they just have their accreditation for whatever reason. Um, And so what happens is there's four or five big players in terms of companies 
And within those companies, there's four or four, you know, one agent that's the big agent for each. But all the players are actually signed to the player agency companies. So that way, if yep. the agent gets deregistered, then the company's still looking after players <laughs> and you don't have 100 free players. Yeah, so, okay. yeah, I mean, they were trying to regulate um, deregistered agents from making money off um, the companies in which they used to serve. I mean, unless you forensically checked their bank account or had the powers to stop them, then I don't think there is any way in which you can stop them um, receiving money under the table. Yep. Um, so yeah, that, that's the way it kind of works. Lots of agents, um, the less, well, I mean, less well-known agents do join those big agencies and they have lesser responsibilities. Sometimes it costs money to share in the dividends. Um, whereas some, some, you have to actually land some clients for them and things like that. So I, I decided to not reach out to anyone and I decided to go out on my own. I like being my own boss and things like that. Um, so yeah, that was the question, um, sorry, about the agents. And the second half of the question was about Redcliffe and the talent. Is that right? Yep, yep. Yeah, so I'm firmly of the opinion that if you get an NRL system with some firm NRL players, that, you know, regardless of who they sign as marquee guys, I think they'll really lift those um, kind of fringe players at the moment who are you know, the best of the Queensland Cup and New South Wales Cup to be an NRL standard. I, I 100% believe um, with you know proper pre-season and you know proper nrl training i think that there could be more nrl ready players yep i mean i don't know if you guys watched the queensland cup final um i mean there's a lot of nrl currently guys in there um between Wyndham and north but um the standard was north, yeah, yeah the standard was great and immediately there was articles from the courier mail saying these guys were playing and they should be signed by nrl clubs right now which i'm of the firm belief that yeah. all of the players that were listed in that i could, could play in the nrl yep Yep. Agreed. Agreed. Okay. Um, Zoran says, uh, what from the US sporting contract landscape would you like to see introduced or adopted into Australian professional sports contracts? And if so, what positive effect would those con- contract changes have for the players and the game? This is, might be an unpopular opinion, but I'd like uh, every salary to be recorded and um, everyone can see it. Um, you know, everyone knows who, what he's making what. I know that's a bit invasive, but in America, if you wanted to look up the Los Angeles Lakers salaries, it'll show you what everyone's making. It'll show you what everyone's making for the next five years. Um, yep. So yep. everyone knows exactly how much money is being spent on the cap. Um, that way, you'll say, if, you know, hypothetically, Kalen Ponga became available, um, you'd say, okay, there's actually only four teams that can afford him right now. And that happens with NBA too. Some guy, they're like, oh, these are the four markets that he could go to based on the available money. So I think that would be a lot yeah, better. That's fascinating. Can you imagine that as an agent though? You're trying to go, and this is, you know, for the actual honest ones like you who are actually just trying to sit down and get your players into a good environment for them, right? And you know, by that I mean like a good environment, not just most money wins. Can you imagine those shit cunt snake agents saying, oh, you know, um, don't sign with them and we'll tell them that you fielded offers from four other teams. <laughs> that the club could then look around and go, look, we've had a look and the only club with room for you is the Bulldogs. So what are we fucking doing here? <laughs> well, that's what I mean. I think the, tra- the transparency would be fantastic. I mean, as I said, it, oh, it'd be amazing. It, suck, it, it sucks to have everyone know how much you earn and things like that. But uh, literally in every American sport, you can look it up on Google right now and you can see who's earning what. Yeah, well, you know what? Have, have a look at every publicly listed company. Have a look at the board. Have a look at the directors. You know, yeah. it, it's not something that never happens, 
to have predominant people's salaries made public. No, that's right. And I mean, you wouldn't record all the you know the branding and third party deals you have anyway, so it wouldn't be the exact amount they get in their pocket anyway. Yeah, yeah, it'd just be their, their contract for their clubs. Yeah, yeah. Yep. yeah. No, I agree. That would be good. Um, now it would also stop people bitching about the roosters and. I mean, just just imagine, like you know, as far as like the signals and noise on Thor, social media, Thor.gif. Just, just 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 removing. Just, can you just imagine if you just removed, you know, salary sombrero and and like an Uncle Nick talk completely? I but mean, how it'd just be like two. It'd be like well, oh, I mean, paper bags. It's brown paper bags. Yeah. Well. Well. Yeah. I suppose so. I guess their actual contracts have never been the problem, have they? No. It's uh, it's all the stuff around the outside. Yeah. <laughs> At least they'd have some documented proof of like, look, this is how all these players fit under our NRL salary cap. Exactly. And, um, then, and then you could see like, oh, wait, that guy plays State of Origin. Why is it so he makes $100,000? Let's look into that. Do you know what's spookier than seeing a black cat on Halloween? It's shaving your balls with anything other than Manscaped. When it comes to below-the-waist grooming, there's no need to carve your pumpkins this Halloween because Manscaped is here to upgrade your grooming experience. Go from a bite-sized candy to a king-sized candy bar and join the 2 million men worldwide by going to manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping with the code TWILLNATION. Now, I'm sure all of you know Halloween is becoming a much more popular holiday in Australia and as happens with popular holidays, those fucking horrid big retail companies try to gouge us and shit gets expensive on Halloween. Um, However, if you have a lawnmower 4.0, so many different parts of your Halloween adventure become cheap as shit. So not only are we going to give you grooming advice, but we can give you fucking take to the bank budgeting advice. What's cool at the moment? Vampires. Have you seen the popular Twilight movies? All of those fuckers in there are smooth as toddlers. Simply shave yourself fucking bald, turn up naked, and say you're a fucking sparkly vampire. All it's going to cost you is four ninety five for some glitter. Or if a bunch of little shits come to your house and say trick or treat, and you say I've got trick, a treat. Tr- no, Glenn, you don't want to appear on a watch list. Well, it's too late now. He's on the watch list because of that. But you say trick, and then as they get prepared to throw eggs at your house, you open your palm and blow into their gobs a fistful of your freshly shaven short and curlies. You know how hard it is to throw an egg while you're choking on a stranger's pubes? Very. Speaking from experience. Or (laughs) if you do want to just give them treats, take a new turn on the classic chocolate crackle and dump a handful of them in there and call them chocolate spiders. You'll be the most popular guy on your street. (laughs) There's three ways that your Manscaped Lawnmower 4.0 will not only save your dignity, but save you money. Look, it's well known that I'm... uh a very smooth character in most places, but it wasn't all that long ago where I had a werewolf in my pants. And I'm happy to share that with you gentlemen because I trust you with my life. Uh, the werewolf in my pants uh, was howling. It was howling for some attention. 
and I found the lawnmower, lawnmower 4.0 and I gave it that attention and it is now a freshly groomed, trimmed, delightful looking werewolf. Not a particularly large werewolf, but it's delightfully well main, delightfully well maintained. Would you say it's a teen wolf? <laughs> <laughs> I would. More like a prep wolf. <laughs> <laughs> Muppet babies, but werewolf version. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I gave my werewolf some extra attention with uh, Manscaped's liquid formulations, the Crop Preserver, it's a ball deodorant, and the Crop Reviver, ball toner. The werewolf was howling with delight. No one could hear it because it's too small. But don't take my word for it. Get amongst it yourself. Get your own werewolf in check. They've got a, a bunch of other life-changing products on their website, so be sure to check it out. And get 20% off plus free shipping with the code TWILLNATION at manscaped.com. That is 20% off plus free shipping with the code TWILLNATION at manscaped.com. Say trick or treat to your new beautiful Halloweeny with Manscaped. <laughs> <laughs> they fucking nailed, they've, they've absolutely fucking nailed you with the coffee there. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yep. Okay, uh, Toto said, most clubs have multiple feeder teams. When a new player is signed with an NRL club, how do they decide which feeder team they represent? Also, do feeder teams have a say in who they get? For, exa- for example, uh, Branko Lee will probably play more reserves than NRL games. So it's more beneficial for North-South's Wynnum to have him than, say, Capewell slash Reynolds. I think first first thing, first point there is, Brinko Lee may may play more first grade than you're comfortable with as a Brisbane Broncos fan. <laughs> I mean, I mean, you, you've got Katoni Stags there, you know, for as many games as his knee allows, and uh, and who? Oh, Brinko walks Herbie. in. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, Brink, Brink, I'll, they'll, they'll, put, they'll push Herbie out, and Brinko will walk into the centre position. What oh. rep, representative centre Brinko Lee? Because remember, because remember, they're losing. They've, they've lost Xavier, so like they yeah. just push Herbie out to a wing, wow. and then Brinko can just walk straight in. <laughs> yeah, I've been watching Brinko. You'll compete with Capo. I've been watching Brinko live since he was at the Raiders. He's a fantastic player to watch. Good fun. But um, to answer your question, how it works in terms of um, who plays for the affiliate clubs, generally. Um, They'll name any club will name their fringe top thirty um, guys as they'll say. All right, you're getting pushed here. You're getting pushed here. The players will generally have some say in it, but um, usually it's just all right. We've lumped you over here for the games you're not playing first grade. You're expected to play for this affiliate club. Now they usually send a list of the guys that will be playing for um, for the affiliates. But to use an example, which is the Broncos, um, you know Milford wasn't on that initial list. They didn't expect him to be playing. Yeah. Um, for an affiliate, but then there he was pushed to South Logan um, to go play some Q Cup games during the year. So essentially, is that did... close to where he lived? Uh, yes, actually. Does anyone know? Yeah, so yeah, geographically, okay. I think he does live live down that way. So I think you do get somewhat of a say, but um, otherwise, they'll just, you don't get a say as to which, uh, you know, when you'll be pushed back to the affiliates, but you do get a say as to which one's the most convenient. Yeah, okay. There you go. Right. And then once you've and then once you've gone to that one club, then whatever the scenario going forward, that's that's going to be the affiliate year. Yeah, that's right. So Spending you can't show out for the North Devils the next week if you're with the South um, Logan. Yeah. 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 Right. Um, 
Now, what have we got here? Uh, Yana said, how much influence do player managers have over team selections week to week? It's the only reason I can think of why Corey Norman continued to get selected week in, week out over two coaches. <laughs> um, they literally have none. Um, I mean, I guess if you were a player, player agent had hundreds of clients and one of your clients was someone like Corey Norman and the club did want to keep... Uh, you know, show oh look, look what we're doing for one of you guys. Some of the other guys want to come to the club. Look how well we treat them. Um, you know, that is a possibility, but I don't think. Uh, I think if you called up Hook to be like, "Hey, why aren't you playing my guy?" It'd be like a parent calling up a coach. Like they just tell you fuck off. Yeah, yeah. I, I think you could. You could. And then, yeah, and so. it. I was going to say, you could call up and diagnose a problem. You could say, "Why isn't my guy getting played?" But I don't think you could call up and say, "Hey, play my guy." Yeah, how much and, and I mean how how much rope do you have to do that as well before they you know you they you become that annoying agent that they don't want to talk to anyway. Mm. Oh straight away. You could call yeah. once, I think. And then after that yeah. don't fuck off. <laughs> and I know that Glennie calls up several um, of the Toomba rep teams a lot to talk about other people's children, but um yeah. Can't it's never happened once. <laughs> you you're drinking this fucking you're drinking this Kool-Aid. The Fuck. brown Kool-Aid that these Mate. cats are stirring up for you. Mate, can, can we please do this episode before the Twillies next year? This is fucking great. Let's <laughs> <laughs> have Glenn completely assassinated <laughs> before. <laughs> um, Daniel says, uh, Isaac Moses, discuss please. And then he's gone on to say three days later, he's added, i.e., why is he still involved in rugby league? <laughs> well, as I said, um, you know, he's probably the owner of that company, um, Cove who manage several people. I think um, it would have been passed to, I believe it's his brother or some relation. He's that's also an agent. But, um, I mean, you know, I went to a game earlier, um, a preseason game earlier in the year um, with the Bears and the, the Junior Raiders, and I saw him in the stands with um, Suwali's parents. So I guess he's still kicking around. Um, he made the trip down to Queanbeyan. I don't know if you guys have been to Queanbeyan, but uh, not, not the, the nicest town just outside of Canberra. Not the place you'd go if you were completely hands off. You wouldn't be there on a holiday, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, and like there's no, and, and and I guess there's no scope for them to really, if on paper he isn't, you know, a hands-on player agent, then there's little scope for them to do anything. Yeah, I mean, how could you police that? He's, he's he was not banned from the ground. He's not banned from talking to parents. But he, yeah. he couldn't do any of the negotiating, and yeah. I guess technically he wouldn't be entitled to receive any income. Although, as discussed, I'm sure how they place that. Yeah. 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 Uh, Terry said, uh, "Could you resurrect Lachlan Lewis's career at an NRL club? Could you have saved John Monaghan after he let the dog have a slurp?" <laughs> uh, being from the camera, I'm very familiar with the John Monaghan story, but I was just a kid <laughs> at those times. Um, oh, look. Lachlan Lewis could could probably um, get signed by another NRL club. People have come back from much worse than stealing some speakers. Um, I don't even think they classify that as a redemption story if you came back from that. Yeah, do you think that story is? Do you think it's different because like yeah, you know, people just see the headline and just like it's stealing rather than drunken shenanigans. Mm. that a footballer does you say you know yeah there's I mean? a bit of like, involved he had the, the guilty mind and planned it out <laughs> developed yeah, an yeah. MO had someone <laughs> watching his back with a laser pointer yeah it was a pretty complex complex sting yep I'm sure 
Yeah, complex for a footy player. <laughs> yeah, there's so. more than one step involved. <laughs> All right, Shane said, with a germ like Moses being deregistered, have things improved on the agent side? Less dodgy shit going on? I haven't heard of any dodgy shit in a while, actually. Um, I don't know, can you guys recall any any real articles about anything bad happening? I, I can't, um, of late. No, I can, I can only recall I, I can only recall stuff that stuff's told in, in confidence, <laughs> so. <laughs> the only The only dodgy shit is um, Luke Brooks was signed to a contract extension not so long ago. That's There's something fucking up there. Someone needs to look into that. Well, he's, a gun his player has done a remarkable job then. Um, and continues to work hard to keep him in the first grade sphere. But um, no, as I say, I'm, I'm not aware of anything dodgy going on. Um, I think, you know, managers have actually, it's been a good year for them in the past 12 months since the uh, Moses was deregistered. Yeah, really haven't heard anything, told, have told, we? Told you I'd come clean it up, mate. <laughs> no. But how how many big name transfers have there been? Yeah, it's a, it's a good point. Yeah, like, I mean, remember that generally remember when, earlier when in the year there was kind of talk about there was talk about you know like the Moses, Moses having a bunch of players and you know as as a block which made yeah. things difficult in terms and, of renewal, and that's the, like thing. the Broncos and stuff. The, the media have have quite you know cleverly clicked onto the fact that if you have a story about a player agent. Who can potentially have you know control at your club? That generates beautiful amounts of yeah. Content. And it's funny. I actually um, when I first started, I got um, a couple of Fox Sports journo's and a couple of Sydney Morning Herald journo's call me and ask me like out of the blue, like just got my number off the register and asked me if I had any stories for them, without knowing I had any players or anything. And uh, they're like, yeah, <laughs> save my number. So wow. yeah, I haven't had to call any of them, nor have they called me back since. But uh, <laughs> yeah. It was, Pretty interesting that they just came fishing. Fuck. So, mate, see, you got to start <laughs> to play the game. You got to hit them and go. Have you heard of any unhappy <laughs> players? Yeah, that's it. Um, <laughs> you know, but with the with the whole player agent thing being governed by player agents who are, who seem determined to protect their kingdoms as well and their trade secrets and their way of doing business. I mean, you can't you know, a, a young a young agent just sort of breaking in. You can't even really. My headline would be abusive young agent calls up their friends for information. Another headline similar. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Brett said, "When a player says I'm letting my manager take care of it, how removed are they? And uh, secondly, how difficult does the uh, RLPA oh, make things? Usually, you know, that's what the manager's there to do is to handle those situations. So it's probably the right answer. Um, you know, technically agents have to act on the client's instructions as well. So I couldn't just say, uh, off to the side, I'll talk about all the money and you'll be happy with the outcome. I have to bit say, you know, this is their offer. What do you want to do? Mm-hmm. Or give me a range in which, you, you know, you'd be happy with. You know, that's how you're meant to do it. I'm not sure how if that's how every player agent does it but I mean that's how you know being a lawyer I have to do that for my clients I can't just go off half cocked I have to go off their instructions so yeah yep what so if, when a player says I'm letting idiot. my manager take care of it then that means that they're like they're actually that's just their way of deflecting and not, not wanting <laughs> yeah, to answer Jay's question what if they're an idiot um, yeah I get a lot of uh, idiotic commercial clients as well um, <laughs> I say this is my advice and I strongly advise that you do this but if you want to do that stupid shit I will do it for you um, it's not going to look good, but let's do it. And then they usually come around. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. 
Okay, and then secondly, he asked, how difficult does the RLPA make things? Uh, not, not really at all. Like, you know, they've been pretty helpful every time I've had to really deal with them. Um, yeah, I guess I had, uh, had a current dispute at the moment um, with one of my players. I'm not going to mention who, but um, there was a bit of dispute over who was managing him. So they got to the bottom of that. Um, I mean, obviously a signed contract should have been evidence enough, but apparently it wasn't. Um, so um, they stepped in and um, kind of mediated that. So I didn't have to call it. So without without going to, without going into details on that one, like I mean, how how was how with you had, like you said, if you had the signed contract, what was the basis for the dispute then? That that wasn't enough. So essentially, it was reaching out to, to get, get a third party deal, but then the, the, their old manager tried to get the third party deal on their behalf. So then yeah. the, the third party provider said, "Who the fuck's managing him?" And why do I have two people saying it's them? So then, uh, you know, yeah. RLPS had to step in and say, look, this is who the manager is and this is the contract. You are no longer managing him because he didn't sign a new contract with you. Yeah, yeah, right. Um, Adam said, what sort of conditions are put into the 10-year contracts given that that there's little chance that the player is any good in 10 years' time? Well, NRL is all guaranteed money unless you breach your contract. So there's no real conditions other than if you're fit you know, ready, willing, and able to play, then, and you do play and attend all the trainings and don't breach the contract, then they have to pay you. Um, yep. You know, the advantage of the 10-year deal for the for the players is if, yeah, maybe they could have made more than that in a three-year block, but they won't make make that for the rest of the seven years. Yeah. Um, you get the asset for the rest of their career, basically. Um, and yeah, you might have to put up with a few lean years. Hopefully yep. not more than five. Yep. And um, Tim said, is the percentage made on contracts a, f- a fixed rate on all contracts? For agents? Um, so you see between 6 and 10%. Um, so there's no fixed percentage. You can actually charge whatever you want, but that's um, that's the going rate. Um, I think the most common one is 10% I see, though, or I hear about at least. Okay. You know, when I talk about guys, I'm like, okay. oh, what, what do you used to be on? Oh, what, what was the usual percentage? I usually hear 7 Okay. Sometimes I get 10 and I'm like, fuck that. But um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and finally, the last one we've got here is from um, Cigar, who uh, sent it to me on the, on the email today. Uh, he said, I was wondering, um, have any other agents tried to steal any players that you're looking to sign? Or has any agent called to say, stay away from certain players that were looking to sign? Uh, is there some kind of policy or rule that keeps agents from stealing players from another agent? Yeah, so this is how it works if you're interested in a player. Um, you have to reach out to the RLPA and the board and say, is this player being managed before you approach them? If they come back with yes, um, then you can't approach the player. If you're found to be approaching the player, then you're in breach of the rules and you get in trouble, um, which can be you know, a warning, a suspension, a fine. Um, there's a few penalties that they impose. Um, the only time that there's, I've ever seen a dispute about a player is one that they the agreements lapsed and I, you know, I've made a pitch for the player and they've said, hold up, this is my player. And I've said, well, no, he isn't. He used to be a player and you might as well sign him again, but he's, you know, he's reached out to me and wants to chat. So, you know, I'm going to make my yeah. pitch and yeah, every signs with be a bit. Yeah. All right. You fellas, have any other questions that you want to ask? No, that's been very oh, informative. What, what is your, what is your average day? 
look like? How how does how is it structured? It depends what uh, what month it is, really. But in um, October and November, I'm, you know, balls to the wall trying to find opportunities for my guys. Um, you know, reaching out to I, I basically say what level you're looking to play and which are you interested in. I reach out to all those clubs um, and their recruiters, see if there's any information. Um, you know, advocate for my player to see what there is. Um, obviously, if there's no interest, then we have to reset uh, the parameters and go from there. But um, yeah, it's been a hectic month, of, and it will be a hectic month next month too to wrap up all the deals. Um, but say, you know, during the the start of the season, um, my job is just to make sure everyone's still happy with their club and you know, getting getting their game time and everything's going well. Yep. So yeah, it's busier than others. Talking... Sometimes busier than others. In short, uh, mentioned at the start that you just got your first NRL player. I mean, do you want to talk yeah, more sorry, about I... that? I mean, given that you've not only did you get, not only did you get the player, but he's also recently signed a new deal. Yeah, sorry, I did gloss over that. Uh, presumably, right? Presumably, straight after you know this is this is a deal that was your of your doing. Yeah, so uh, uh, yeah, we did, I did say I signed an NRL player without saying who, but I signed um, Saliba Havili, um, f- formerly of the Canberra Raiders, now f- playing for Souths on a two-year contract. Um, you know, so it's great to have someone like him on board. He's got over a hundred great games of NRL experience. He's played um, for New Zealand and Tonga, and he'll he'll probably be the starting hooker and in the leadership group for Tonga at next year's World Cup. So um, yeah, so you know he's, he's on a two-year deal. Um, with, with the bunnies um, and he's come to me at this stage of his career because um, you know I've as a lawyer especially I've got advantages and he said he even said that himself that he thinks at the back end of his career where he only has a few contracts left he needs someone that can give him sound commercial advice and can assist him with as he transitions away from the game right there you go fuck yeah how good yeah which is good I mean that was going to be my pitch but you know he said it he said it himself so yeah. that was um yeah, that, that was half the, half the battle, but I'm glad that he saw and he made a commercially sensible decision um, because, you know, say if you know, he wanted to purchase properties, I could do that for him without having to go see another lawyer and pay more money to. Um, yep. If he wanted to get up some, you know, building contracts or any any number of commercial contracts, I can do them for him. Um, and, yeah, you know, I've also... Um, formed an alliance with, uh, you know, Gun Financial Planner, who I'll, um, you know, with not only Saliba, but other NRL talent, like in the future, I'll get them to discuss you know, investment strategies with him to make their money last so that the players aren't forced to be on the tools within a week of retirement. Yeah, gotcha. Excellent. Yeah, good. Perfect. All right, mate, yeah. if, you guys if you guys don't have any other questions, then... Um... Well, thank Michael for his time again. Love these things. We might have to revisit for for episode three of Ask the Agent this time next year, and uh, <laughs> see how things have uh, expanded in the empire at that point. Mate, you you just yeah, let us hope, know hope. what what size t shirts to send for your players to do interviews in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very good. Um, oh, look, I m- might release some merch. I'll. Um... Maybe give Glenn, Glenn a shirt. He can be a, one of my official scouts up there in Toowoomba. Fucking hell. Young uh, Jackson Blakely just revealed this evening that he's making a comeback to rugby league next season. So, can, fantastic. First dibs on his signature, mate. <laughs> can, can you, <laughs> can I mean, you get players for Glenny yeah. that says RSO, Registered Strive Officer? <laughs> <laughs> You're a fucking, you are a piece of shit, mate. <laughs> uh, 
say so, tremendous. All the other, all the other future Broncos number sevens are off the table now. The main man's coming back. <laughs> Perfect. You want him to play for the Tigers? Um, look, actually, what I would really like him to do is sign a lucrative contract with his first love, uh, American football, and um, he's uh, and and then I don't have to fuck around working for a living, you know, ever nor in the next five generations of our family. So if he pulls his finger out, you know, no pressure. Yeah, that, that non-guaranteed NFL money, mate, I don't know. It's only non-guaranteed if you're not good. Oh, okay. Sorry. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's your lineage, you must be this absolute weapon. And, and, like, did you <laughs> despite, all, despite all of that, he's actually very athletic and quite handsome. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Also, the, the, yeah, sorry. So, so don't, 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 act, don't act surprised. I mean, like he will he will go and he'll he'll trump up some farmer's kid as the next half halfback for the Brisbane Broncos. What do you think he's going to do with his own kid? I mean, honestly, <laughs> yeah. So a couple of episodes back, I recall um, Glennie invited me to stay at his house to come check out some of the local talent for, for uh, myself. So I will be taking you up on that offer at some stage, Glennie. Hey, yeah, um, absolutely. Hey, You're always welcome, mate. Did, did you Fantastic. hear how he got his wife? <laughs> I just want to take a trip in the car, Michael. <laughs> I'll have to put the noise cancels on so I can't hear him getting choked out at night when I'm sleeping. <laughs> but no, in all in all seriousness, mate, um, you you're always welcome at our house. And um, yeah, if if you happen to be up this way and and taking in the uh, considerable talents of the uh, Toowoomba and surrounding areas uh, with regards to rugby league or plenty of other sports, mate. You're always welcome at our home. Yeah, I probably will spend... Despite the fact you are a piece of shit. <laughs> I probably will spend, <laughs> spend a night um, up that way just because I said uh, my guy, he'll be signing with the... I think they're now called the Clydesdales up there in Toowoomba. Yep. So he'll be yep. playing with them, them again. So, um, yeah. And don't be there. surprised um, that whole Clydesdales thing... Um, I believe that that one of the three uh, wealthy families in Toowoomba will get behind it. Um, I would imagine it'll probably be the Wagners, um, and there'll be some sort of facility out towards Well Camp, and and it'll it that that thing is going to take on fucking legs if it, if it gets gets going. So look at you name dropping the Wagners. Oh mate, it's fucking <laughs> crazy, absolutely <laughs> crazy. But that that is such a fucking small country town thing to do like to just drop a family name like every cunt knows who they are yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's like Adam from County Crows Adam Adzi Adzi Wagner why did we do this again I thought it was to inform people and, and answer their fucking questions it's just been an absolute Boot the fucking, boot the Glenny. <laughs> so what you're saying is it fits neatly within the pantheon of all of our other episodes. This season. <laughs> yeah. No, congrats, congrats, congrats on a huge season too, guys. It's been my favourite one to date as well. And um, you're a big part of that, Glenny. Of course it is. To give you your okay. oh, Yeah, a massive part. The revelation of the fucking year as awarded, but not a week fuck, ago. I regret saying that immediately. <laughs> yeah, you should. <laughs> Yeah, there's no, there's no pain, there's no, there's no reward in in uh, in being polite and 
and, and gracious Michael. Don't worry, yeah. Don't worry Michael. Yeah. Ty- Tyrone May got a ring as well. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you want any more evidence that it's an asterisk season this year, I mean, like, what, what, what do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> Fucking voted by, voted by our listeners. How dare you? Yeah, our yeah. listeners. Those Ivan. fucking guys. <laughs> Asterisk <laughs> Ivan's daughters, the lot of them. <laughs> yeah, uh, all right, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks very much for your time again, mate. And uh, and continued success with Strive as well. Uh, it's been amazing over the last 12 months just to, to watch the, the growth that you've experienced and uh, look forward to more future big wins. Thanks a lot, guys. Appreciate well it. And I'm looking forward to the next meetup where I can see well you. Done. I'll see you in Toowoomba. <laughs> you can stop breadcrumbing me up until then. <laughs> and all right, folks, that's that makes it full time for episode 442. Uh, as always, you can go ahead to thisweekinleague.com forward slash links and you can get links to the Patreon and all the social media, Facebook group, all that shit. Um, new merch will be coming shortly, especially now. This is the this is the final regular Wednesday <laughs> night episode of what was all those hearts are just flying all over the screen it's just the love just the love you just put love in here but, um, fuck we've, we've yeah, come full circle we started with Hope final... Solo and now we've got love hearts <laughs> yeah and this, this is our final Wednesday Wednesday you know midweek episode of the year and like of the regular show as well I mean member sides will continue throughout the off season however this is uh, the last uh, regularly scheduled episode of uh of the show and jay's put up his hope solo background behind his fucking skype picture again um so i guess do you have any wrap-up questions for the year for the show boys well not questions comments um twelve will forever be remembered as the greatest premiership in the history of the sport we just said it was an astra's fucking year you can't have it both ways no, <laughs> it's, it's not at all it's either it's either the greatest win and you acknowledge Glennie's revelation, or it's a big asterisk win and him winning was a pile of shit. Pick no, your poison, no, no, motherfucker. No, I'm saying even within the greatest win of the season, <laughs> you know, not everything's perfect. Not everything's right. perfect. And Glennie, I think you, you had just you had to say last week. Yeah, didn't you? I said everything. You're I all emotional to say last and week. everything. It was lovely. And I don't know. I was it. emotional. I was just honest, Nathan. You should try it sometime. You piece of shit. <laughs> Get it all out of the last episode. Well, I, I would like—I would like to thank to thank the listeners and uh, and also Jay and also Michael for, for being on the show this year. Um, and and uh, and I'd like to specify no one else. It's strictly those those people and only the, those names and no one else. And I don't want anyone to misconstrue anything here. Literally, no one else. And. Uh, <laughs> You officially ended the year as Greg. <laughs> salty, salty Greg. But as always, love the listeners and uh, love, uh, you know, just a, a, such a great community. And uh, for everyone who's, you know, you know, it's been a tough year for a lot of people, tough two years, I think, for, for a lot of people. And it's just great to see, the, you know, the community sort of get around everybody and, and that sort of thing and um, and have each other's backs. And it's just, uh, it's awesome to see. And... Uh, so I guess uh, Patreon members, patrons, we'll be talking to you guys regularly over the, the coming Sunday evening, Sunday Mondays, I would say, over over the coming months. Yep. But uh, everyone else, that's it. See you for the repeat season.
Not the repeat of Glennie getting the revelation season, that's for sure. Please. <laughs> I'm not even putting it on the ballot. Fuck that. I'll learn my lesson now. I'll make my own ballot, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Vote one me. You'll have a paid fan event with you if you're not reclusive. <laughs> yeah, good. Uh, all right. So, everyone, have a great holiday season. Have a great off season. Train the house down. Don't be a, uh, well, you know, don't be a Sam Cassiano, I guess. Be a whoever trains the house down over the off season, I'm trying to think. Get a manager. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks for the plug. <laughs> <laughs> and if anyone has players that aren't currently tied down and are looking for an ethical guy to guide their young career, giving them, uh, you know, not just one of the best shots in life, but also in the NRL, how do they get in touch with you, Michael? So at Strive Player Agency for both Facebook and uh, Instagram, um, or you can visit the website and submit a um, contact us form, and I'll get back to you shortly. Great. And is there like an OnlyFans or something as well? Or <laughs> yeah, extreme fetish. I could see when you said tied down before Glenn's face lit up. So it'll be <laughs> definitely be something with ropes. Jeez, t- OnlyFans only is the is the uh, the third party. I'll tell you what, I want to leave you with one final question and I'm going to ask that you put the uh, your, your answer to this question in the Facebook group. Sure. What what the fuck would you do if you were Ennis Cantor's manager? Hmm. So I'll, I'll leave I'll leave you to Google him and news. Oh, is there something uh, else? Put, oh, put, put that answer in there. Okay, we'll do. <laughs> All right. On that note, fellas... See you next year. That you will. See ya. Later. Can't wait. See ya. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com.